Welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange Podcast. Stories by leaders for leaders to help you raise the bar on your own excellence to release the potential inside of you. Now, here's today's podcast. Welcome to this version of the Nonprofit Exchange. Russell David Dennis, how are you today, sir? It's a beautiful day here in Colorado, a little cloudy, a little cool, and it's a great day to just be alive. When we have uh, a longtime friend and another brilliant person who's uh, in my life, and Russ hasn't met him yet, but you will discover for yourself that Don has many, many gifts, we're going to talk about a special topic. We're all challenged around the topic of talking about money. And um, we, we've, we, we like to champion um, charity as a definition of what we do in the social benefit sector. Uh, the word is nonprofit is used a lot. It tends to color our thinking about money. Our guest today is Don Ward. Don Ward is, uh, wears a number of hats, but I, I know Don Ward from the CEO clubs in, in Central Florida, where you've introduced me to some really great leaders. And Don, Welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange. Thank you very much. Honored to be here. And as they say, whatever you honor will honor you. Love it. Love <laughs> it. Now, um, there's a lot of things you do, but in this, this space of influencing leaders, and our topic today is money has eyes. So talk about your background, your experience, and what gives you the, the, the knowledge and wisdom to present today around this topic? Mistakes and great mentors. The only two ways you learn. So I, I would say that's what qualifies me. Uh, probably there's a call that I'm gonna give you a mock version of that call later uh, that I used to run for a CEO organization that you and I were part of. And people would find out about an event and go, oh, my God, i got to be there. But my credit card is maxed out. I don't have any cash. Nobody loves me and all that stuff. And we would just say, do you see yourself being there next week? And they go, yeah, i got to be. Say, okay, no problem. Be on a call at 9 o'clock on Wednesday night. And so I'll give you a dose of that call a little later on. Great. But, yes, I've also helped over 400 companies raise seed capital on up to over a billion. So uh, I, I could go into a whole lot of things about what attracts money, but I'll give you the, the coaching little bit segment there. But basically, if you have an A-level team and you have a B-level plan, you are funded. You have an A-level plan and a B-level team, ain't no money coming. Whoa, that's a reality check. That, that's awesome. So um, you have some really good information to share with us today. So this, uh, we often just go back and forth with Q&A with guests. But I want to give you sure. some space to share in a presentation mode about money has eyes. And um, so you've got an extensive, I heard you say, you kind of slipped it in there, that you helped 400 companies raise capital. Is that what you said? Absolutely. And I don't have it on my business card. I don't have it on my website because I only do it for people that I know I am divinely called to, to work in conjunction with. Not everybody is our assignment. Got it. Got it. Well, um, you know, I, we work with um, Russell and I work with charities. 
I work with early stage yeah. entrepreneurs and um, many, 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 many are challenged. And um, this is a great topic for everyone. So I want to get out of your way. And you, so you've heard, you've worked with seed capital and I heard you say a billion dollars. Well, actually I'm sitting on two operations right now. We're in the middle of a $9.9 billion raise on one. And the other one, uh, we're just in the middle of a 500 million, but we're going to need a lot more than that before it's done. So, uh, and my, my biggest part to bring to it isn't just laying out the corporate engineering or the capital development, uh, but really is helping people to re reshape their vision and mission. If you can talk about what you do in 15 words or less, okay, people might hear what you're saying and you might actually sound like you know what you're talking about. If you can get it down to five words, that you are powerful, probably the most powerful person at an event, especially if it's a networking event. And they ask you what it is. You want money to be asking you questions. You don't want to be telling it anything. Well, that's a paradigm shift. All right. So um, why don't you share with us your program about Money Has Eyes? Okay. Well, that might be my 2.0 version because the actual title was Ears. But I like oh, it. ears, ears. Uh, sorry, <laughs> because you can't, <laughs> because you can't receive, <laughs> you can't receive what you can't perceive. So you know, uh, money does have to see what you're talking about. So I, I'm with you. Look up. Uh, but I say money has ears, and I talk about money as though it is its own entity. Yeah, people have it, but money is listening all on its own, and it knows exactly what it wants to hear sense or see coming from you. If it's smelling need or if it's smelling fear, goodbye money. Uh, you know, I, I work in, in a lot of uh, faith-based organizations as well. And uh, people are always coming up and go, well, God gave me this idea. He's going to fund it. And I go, okay, let's pretend you're God. If you're God and you're looking down and you know that you are going to lean on your own understanding, would you fund it? God's not going to fund it. God's as much about team as the world is about team. So if you got the wrong team, the money isn't coming. So maybe we need to reshape what your priorities are. Cause a lot of people say the next thing you need when you ask them, they say the next thing I need is money. No, the next thing you need is team. The reason you don't have money is cause you don't have the team. People aren't compelled to believe that you can execute the plan you allegedly have. So in the nonprofit sector, I think one of the big issues has always been they lead with their need. So my, let's say that, that you have a church and you're saying, oh, my God, we need 50 grand by, by Friday or we're going to have to close this church down. And God's sitting there looking at you and going, well, if you close down, I'm going to look bad. However, I'm not moved by your need. God is not even moved by your need. What is he moved by? Your faith. So if he's moved by your faith and your ability to execute properly with what you have in your hand, chances are money will come. But asking, seeking, and knocking, yeah, okay, Start on your knees, but actually at some point you have to go outside and ask, seek, and knock. And if you're going to go out and ask, seek, and knock, do you know how to talk to money? Do you understand that money has the attention span of a third grader with ADD in a 14th century style classroom? 
teacher starts writing on a chalkboard with chalk. Student has left the room. If your first introductory comments in your capital presentation go over about 15 words, your investor probably left the room too mentally. So what is the investor listening for? Well, there's three things I believe that, that money is attracted to. Vision, passion, and team. So I do a lot of coaching with a lot of different entities. And before I, I go on board with them, I ask three questions. Number one, if they won't die for it, I'm not getting on board with them because they won't be doing it this time next year. Number two, is it global? Anything less than that, what if, is a seed of the dream, just a cash flow strategy. Is money looking for interest on its money or multiples? Multiples. Okay. But we're going to get, we're going to convert this into nonprofit talk here in a second. And the third thing is, is it socially responsible? Is it doing a greater good for mankind? So if those visions say yes to those three questions, I go, okay, let's sit down and talk. Because right there, I, I know you got the passion because you're willing to die for it. I know you got the vision because it's global. So you've permitted yourself to see beyond a cash flow, or you've permitted yourself to see beyond your own ability. You've permitted yourself to see beyond your own resources. Because in my line of thinking, God never asked you to do anything you have the ability to do. Because he's counting on you to build a team. And so I, that leads to what if there are three phases to a dream, the birth, the death, and the resurrection? And why does every dream have to at some point die? Because entrepreneurs are entrepreneurs, and they think they know it all. Ask me how I know. And so what happens is they lean on their own understanding. They don't have mentors half the time, probably a lot more than half the time. They have no revelation of team. So it's just a matter of time before the dream is going to die. And God's not worried about it either. Because he's not going to let the dream go away. When he gives you something, it's, there, it's yours. You're stuck with it. It's your gift. You can be grateful or consider it a curse, whatever you want. But the bottom line is that's your responsibility. And so you'll have this desire at time to resurrect the dream. But this time you're teachable. So do you want to start getting into the money has ears routine? <laughs> that's kind of setting it up, I guess. Yes, sir. Go for it. Okay. All right. So people would come on this call at nine o'clock at night and you know, you're hearing all this chatter in the background and go, okay, let's start off. Everybody on this call is here because you need to raise some money and quick. And you all need to raise at least 10 grand to join this organization, get your hotel, get your airfare, blah, blah, blah. Right. How many people like asking other people for money? Ooh, his, everybody's, eh, no, I hate it, man. Okay, well, before you ask for money, you have to come to a place of understanding a certain element about what you're going to do with the money. Are you raising this money in the case of this call? Uh, are you raising this money so that you can come out and you can network with the kings and queens of industry, build a team, raise capital, because your product, your service, your ministry, your charity can do great things for mankind. All of a sudden, everybody's, yeah, yeah, that's me, man. I, I, my product is going to change the world. You know, what I do for mankind, I'm going to be digging water wells in Africa. Everyone had a different thing. Okay, next question. So are you actually needy in the world or are you needed by the world? 
people are having aha moments. Well, crap, man, I'm needed by the world. I'm needed by the world, man. All right, if you're needed by the world, then are you actually raising money for you or for the people you're going to serve? Oh, well, actually, I got to get this money so I can help all the people that in my heart, I'm going to make a big difference with, with what I'm bringing to mankind. Okay, well, before we finish the call or even carry on any further in the call, everyone take a moment now and make that little shift. Take that switch that says, I'm needy because I got to go talk to people about money and click it over to here where I'm needed. Everyone make your shift. Yeah, okay. Next part's going to disappoint a couple people. Maybe it hurts somebody's feelings, but uh, does everyone on this call believe in something bigger than themselves? Yeah, pretty much everybody did. Okay. How many believe the universe is going to take care of getting you 10 grand in the next couple of days so you can be out there? A lot of people go, yeah, 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 they're cheering. How many people believe that Jesus is going to give you the money? Yeah, a bunch of people are cheering. Anyone out there believe that Buddha is going to give you the money? A couple of people might say it once in a while. I'm not going to say all the ones that nobody ever was on the call for, but bottom line, those people all on the call did believe in something bigger than yourself. I said, okay, that's all you need because I'm going to teach you how to play the game. And it doesn't matter which one of those you believe in, but you've got to believe in something bigger than yourself to pull this exercise off. Okay, that's cool. If you need to hang up, hang up. No, no hard feelings. No, 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 we're all good. Okay. Well, this is what we're going to do. First, we're going to do a little exercise. And this little exercise, if you've ever been at MLM, is going to feel familiar. But basically, we forget how many people we know. We know a lot of people. And the thing is, is we don't know what to say to those people. And we all know that friends and family support, and they're supportive of your past and your present, but seldom are they supportive of your enlarged tomorrow. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, man. You're right. And everybody's telling me I can't do this. It's never going to happen. Good luck. I'll pray for you. Okay, that's all right. You just go ahead, and this is what you're going to do. For an hour after this call tonight, I just want you to sit down and make a list. I don't care if you have to write down the name of your dead second-grade teacher. Write it down. The person you met in the elevator last Wednesday that gave you a business card, write it down. Any name that comes to mind, write it down. Okay, now what? Now we're going to go through and we're going to grade them. A, B, C. A, they may have resources. They may support me. B, I don't know if they have resources. I don't know if they'll support me. And C, ain't no way. Now what I want to tell everybody on this call is I've had people call me and say, I got three A's, five B's, and like 300 C's. And I'd say, go practice on a C. And then I'm going to teach you what it is they're going to say. But before I do, I have to explain about what money is listening for. Because recall this, money has ears. Money wants to know two things. If I'm coming home, how much more money is coming home with me and when? If I'm not coming home, am I doing a greater good for mankind and getting a tax deduction? So we have nonprofits on the call tonight? Yes. Okay. We have for-profits? Yes. Okay. I'm going to give you some modeling of the right language because I'm going to tell you a little surprise right now. The truth is you're not even going to ask the person sitting in front of you for anything but wisdom. 
Oh, my God, I thought we were raising money. You don't understand. When you ask for money, all you're ever going to get is wisdom. Ask for wisdom. And they're like, well, he's probably right. Well, that kind of makes sense. They say, okay, now here's where you're going to find out who you call. Because I don't want you using your head to figure this out. You went through a list building exercise. I don't care what you do with it. You can throw it away now. Well, why am I going to do all that work and fill out the list? I just wanted to stir up in you just the remembrance of how many people you really know. Yeah, okay. Well, here's the, the part of the list. This is the part of the exercise where the magic happens. You're going to go, oh, universe, oh, Buddha, oh, Jesus, whatever you're claiming to be your higher power. And you're going to say, give me five faces. Now, this is how long it's going to take you, ladies and gentlemen. You take 10 minutes. If you meditate, you meditate. If you pray, you pray. But before you do, you just go, in the next 10 minutes, I want you to put five faces before me. And I will call those faces in the order that you give them to me. Now, there's something about lining up with your word with your maker. If you told your maker this is what I'm going to do, you better do it. So you're going to call those five faces. What are you going to call those five faces for? A 10-minute wisdom meeting. 10 minutes. What I'm about to teach you, you do not need a business plan. You don't need an executive summary. You don't need – all you need to do is to sell – you as being willing to die for it, that this is an incredible opportunity and that you're building a team capable of executing the plan and you don't have to prove any of it because you're not asking people for millions. You're asking for thousands. It's a whole different league. Okay. Well, this is kind of how it goes, ladies and gentlemen. You're going to call up the five faces that you just got in that 10 minutes time, and you're going to go, I, would, I know I just met you in the elevator last Wednesday. I looked you up on LinkedIn, saw you, you've done a lot of things. I'm moving a project forward, and I need to get some counsel from somebody that isn't family or isn't a friend, because they all just going to be a dream killer. I need to get a third party look at my project, and I promise if our meeting goes 11 minutes, it'll be your fault. Now, the other person is going, number one, I just met you last Wednesday. Number two, you think I have wisdom? Let me tell you something. I started the call off and said, whatever you honor, will honor you. Anyone that's ever asked you for wisdom, were you insulted? No. <laughs> no. You honored them. You said, man, I, I don't know. I, I sense I could get some wisdom. I was... I was meditating this morning, and I'm going, man, I, I need some wisdom. Who can I call? And your face popped up, of all things. Really? I just met you in the elevator last Wednesday. I don't question it. When I ask my maker for a face, he gives me a face. I'm going to go talk to the face. You're the face. Would you honor me with 10 minutes of your time? I promise it won't take 11. Yeah, okay. And to honor your time, I understand there's a you know, Starbucks or whatever there is, just a couple blocks from you, I'll come to you, I'll be there ahead of schedule, and you will be out in 10 minutes. All right, okay, I'll come see what you're talking about. Next day, it's 2 o'clock, just like you just set up with them. You're there early. You're looking professional. 
money does have eyes. And if it looks at you and says, you ain't professional. <laughs> so thanks for that tidbit there, Hugh. We're going to add in a little addition that money has eyes too. But, <laughs> but it's looking for, money is looking for something better to do. Money is always looking for something better to do than it's doing today. And it'll go from point A to point B in, in the speed of thought. It has no loyalty. And money doesn't like to keep doing the same stupid thing it did before either. So nonprofits have a real issue if they can't give a compelling uh, vision of how they are learning to actually reproduce once you give them some seed. Because most nonprofits are just eating the seed. They're not doing anything with the seed to grow more. So there are some issues here that that's a, that'd be another phone call. So here we are, we're back to, you've got the person in front of you that you met in the elevator last Wednesday. Now here's what you're gonna do. You have 10 minutes. The first eight minutes, all you're gonna talk about is them. But man, I, I'm here to try to have a meeting to make some money. No. Everything flows through relationships. Let me ask you a question is what I used to say to him. If you sow nine minutes of undivided attention into somebody, do you think you might reap one minute of undivided attention? Well, yeah. Okay. All you need to say is going to take one minute, and I'm going to teach you what you're going to say in your one minute. They're going, okay, all right. So what's that going to be? Well, it depends what it is that you're taking out there or what, the, what it is you're raising your cap money for. What is, it, but basically, it's the same whether you're for-profit or you're non-profit. Well, yeah, I know I just met you last Wednesday. I'm so honored that you're sitting here in front of me and you gave me this time. And um, I promised you 10 minutes, so I got a minute and a half. I can do it in that amount of time. This is what I'm working on. I've committed my life to it. I'm not quitting until it happens. We're building an incredible team. The plan is getting, it's ever evolving. As you know, all plans change. And we are so proud of our plan. Where we're at right now is we're, eh, we're like 10K at 10.5. 10K shy of our first phase of development. Who do you know that might be interested in digging water wells in Africa? assuming that's what that person's mission is. And you shut up, because the first person to talk now loses. And you smile, you sit there for 10 minutes, okay, now they're the one holding this meeting any longer because they, they aren't talking. But you just smile, you sit there, and they're gonna come back, and money always says, so what are you offering? Well, if you're a nonprofit, that's way too easy an answer. A chance to earn some human interest, do some good for mankind, and get a tax deduction. That's all that's looking for. Nonprofit money is that's all it's looking for. Now the question is what you're offering, what you're doing for mankind, is it better than what it's presently doing for mankind? Well, that's only convincing to the to the money if it's sold out that you're sold out. So how sold are I? Well, you just told them you've committed your life to bringing this to pass. And this is, you're, you're doing everything. You've been building this 
you know, fortune level team, you've got a fortune level plan. That's another key word to throw in there because those words, they represent that you're professional. You're not messing around. They're not going to stop and go, can I see your executive summary? Because you're not talking about 50, 100,000 or a million dollars. You're talking about, you might say, you know, if I find uh, three people at $3,333 a piece, we're there. Now, if you're for profit, then the, the person is going to turn to you and say, so what are you offering? You're going to say, well, we're offering a convertible promissory note. It's paying 1% simple interest per month, 12% per year. Can you get that at your bank? No. <laughs> no, you can't get anything close to that at your bank, can you? No. But what are you saying about a convertible? Oh, well, we're getting ready to raise capital. And during that, that cycle, that one-year offering, at the end, if somebody wants their money back in a balloon payment, we'll pay it back to you. Now, the people on the call are going, where am I getting the 12% interest? I go, oh, come on, guys. If they give you a check for $10,000, take 12%, put it in a little pile, and every month, even if you're there at 11.59 p.m. on the 1st, you have in their hand that little check for 1%. You're getting that money out of the money they gave you. So you don't even need the money to pay back the money. Oh, that's pretty ingenious. They're going, well, that, that, that's slick. That could work. Could work. Yeah, I'm going to tell you this. When it comes time at the end of that year, and I've done this for about, I can't even tell you how many people were on that call over the four years I used to do that call. Lots of them. And at the end of the year, though, 85% of the people that did a convertible promissory note converted to equity. Now, those of you that are for profit are going, I think he knows, I know what he's saying, convert to equity. Well, yeah. They were there in the seed round. They were your founders. They're the ones that believed you when everyone else thought you're crazy. So you are offering them on a convertible promissory note a chance to get twice as many shares as everyone else is getting in the first round. And everyone else is buying their shares for $1, let's say. So somebody else writes a check next year for $10,000. They get 10,000 shares. But your person that loaned you the money and made 12% while they did it, is going to get 20,000 shares. What just happened on paper? They doubled it. Year two, maybe you're going to sell another 10% of your company off for 350 a share. What just happened to their shares? They're getting a 350% increase on paper. Year three, maybe it's seven bucks. What are they getting now? It's 700%. Okay. For-profit people have to know that the magic number for an investor is a multiple of 10. Because nine of the projects they're going to invest in this year will fail. <laughs> now, the, the key for you is to build a team. But right now, I'll, for what I'm teaching, you really don't need a, a real team. You can get a virtual team. You can borrow bios so you're not telling a lie. And say, can I borrow your bio for the next, you know, the next three months or the next year or whatever uh, for this project I'm doing? Because... I need to let people know that I'm getting some wisdom from people. And on top of that, you know, you have spoken into my life and you know you have permission to speak into my life, but that's critical because a dream without a team is absolutely a nightmare. And investors want to know, number one, that this is not you doing all the work. 
they got to really believe that you're getting counsel other than your own genius. Because that's scary. Now, why don't I stop there for a second? But somebody was just given, whoever's in the listening audience, was just given at least one aha moment somewhere in there. Absolutely. We have a group on Facebook Live, and we also have uh, people on the webinar. Clyde has a hand raised, and Clyde, I have to admit, I don't know what to do with a hand raised. So there's a Q&A, <laughs> and if you could type into the Q&A uh, question, if you put your cursor over the screen, uh, those who are listening to the, web, uh, to the uh, podcast, um, we're, we're doing a live broadcast on Facebook and a webinar, which we do every Tuesday at 2, and we've got three years' worth of these recordings in the nonprofit chat podcast, um, which you can find on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever good podcasts are launched. Um, and so we share these with the world and a lot more people listen after the fact, but we want to certainly, Clyde, uh, took your hand off. Did you type into the Q&A and we will entertain your question. Um, so, so Don, I want to clarify, we have a lot of synergies. Um, can you share the Facebook page? Yes, I will share the Facebook page. Here it is. Um, there it is. You can type questions on the Facebook page. Um, Don's talking about um, raising capital for equity um, in a, in a for-profit. It's easier, actually, Don, to raise money for charity. Um, in, yeah. in raising equity money, you have all kinds of compliance issues with the Securities and Exchange Commission. The, um, the charity has IRS compliance issues that we have to use the money for the, for the manner that we've raised it and for what we've That's right. formed our charity for. So there's, there is um, good stewardship in, in either one. Now, your team members um, are volunteers. I hate the word. They are servant leaders in your organization who work for that pay. Um, and so taking advantage, taking advantage of that, of that uh, member engagement, uh, fan engagement, participant engagement, uh, I think there's a, there's a money has eyes and ears. Um, <laughs> also for the, the present presentation to the, the team members, because they will not respond to need. They'll respond to the same dynamic. This is what I'm doing. Here's your passion for it. They're really, they're investing their time. And so the, re the reciprocity is that we put our efforts together. The impact is going to be much greater. And I want to come back um, what you said, which is spot on. Um, we, we, we need a worthy goal. So it's a plan that we're going to achieve the following. Um, we need to say, here's a need. Why do we exist? And, and what do we do about it? So that's your vision for your organization. Um, we also want to report on the impact. What is the result of our work going to be? And then that's part of your, your, a good strategic plan will have those things, but you're, you're so on target. You can have a great piece of paper without any implementation, without the team and um, your support in any form won't be attracted to it. So our first challenge is to rally that team together and then you have those credentials and you know, just having them as a virtual team is great. And we need to ask them questions and listen to them. So Don, in your experience, um, is there a parallel to the money conversation with the team conversation? How do we position the ask? Because in my mind, that ask is very similar. Well, to begin with, if we're talking about seed, 
the team is something you're suggesting that the team hasn't hasn't got to the critical stage yet because you're not implementing anything. You're just trying to have some input coming in. Uh, really trying to think of how to shape what's it is going on in my head because I'm we've got two dialogues going on. We got a for profit and a non profit. Uh, the team is should be your first thing that you're concerned about. But the truth of the matter is, a lot of these people that are early stage development, that's the last thing they thought about. There is no team. They're bluffing it, and they've got to go out and raise seed capital. What I just gave them was a mechanism that can do it without an actual team. But to be of integrity, because that's another key, key ingredient to this whole thing working. You want the universe, or you want you know, God to, to cooperate with you, you better be of integrity. I don't teach this lesson to anybody that just wants to pay off their bills. I am not going to go out and teach this to somebody that isn't moving something forward, that isn't tied to serving mankind, because this could get manipulative. I'll, I'll give you, a, this is a funny short story, but, but I had a guy, now he really ended up doing what he was supposed to do, but he actually had three grand he needed to pay up or he was in a lot of trouble. And he calls me up one night and I said, well, I wouldn't typically give this lesson to somebody, but I know you. So I kind of took him through what I just shared with you all. And he calls me up the next day and he goes, I got five faces, man. I got five faces. Two of them I've never seen before. Now that wowed me. I'm going, what? <laughs> Two of them you've never seen before. Now the reason I'm telling you this story is because the following week he met one of those faces and he got his three grand on the spot. I am glad I didn't tell him he was nuts because I didn't want to really hinder his faith because he believed that I taught him something that would work. I just didn't realize that it's very possible that you could be given a face you don't know yet. There's the what if. See, he could receive that possibility. You know, he could perceive that was possible, so he was able to receive it. So it became possible. But you know, that's a kind of a, a, a crazy little insight that you know, we can't determine anything. Well, whatever we believe is true, at least to us. It may or may not be true. But whatever we believe is true, at least to us. And he believed that this system would work because I told him I'd help hundreds of people. So guess what? It worked. Russell, you've been taking notes and um, observing with your eyes and ears. Um, have you got a reflection and or a question for our guest? Well, I absolutely agree with what he said so far. You know, for me, I had struggles. And the first thing I had to do was raise my level of consciousness and look at um, addressing the universe. Uh, you know, some, some, it's called prayer. It's called treatment, you know, but there's a way to do it and a method to do it. And I've been learning that. And uh, what I've been learning is pretty much a lot of what, what you just said. It's remarkable. <laughs> <laughs> but faith is at the bottom of it, you know, and you know, you'll see it when you believe it. And uh, a, lot of, a lot of people have a bad relationship with money. And, uh, but yeah, I've never heard that money has ears. So uh, thank you for that. It's remarkable. Don't you have a hard question to stump the guest? How long did it take you to raise your level of consciousness to a place uh, 
where you absolutely started to believe and know in your heart that things were going to unfold for you? I had no choice. I've made millions twice. I lost millions twice. Now I'm going to get transparent. The transparent part comes to, for four years, not one paycheck. Lost the house, lost the cars, lost everything. But I perceived myself as being a son of God. Not the son of God, okay? But as a son of God. So what does that mean? Well, in my thinking, he's a king. If I can't eat and I, I can't feed my family, he looks bad, not me. So for his name's sake, he had to do what he told me he was going to do, all the things that he's promised that he's going to do, take care of me, never forsake me, you know, he'll, he'll feed me. So I would get up every morning believing that all I had to do was keep giving to other people out of my internal wealth. So I, I would get up and I'd go, oh, God, give me five faces every day, five faces. I would call them. Sometimes I'd coach them for two hours, give them critical path connections because I was still me. I just happened to not have somebody writing me the check. So I was still me, though. So uh, I'm out there, and if they would ask at the end, hey, sorry, things for you, Don, I'd go, things are interesting. Well, that's a real strange answer from you. What, what's that mean? Things are really interesting. And they would say, all right, you want to tell us what's going on? They go, like, what? Is your power turning off at 5 o'clock today? And I go, wow, what are you, a psychic? And they go, well, are you kidding me? So, so like, how much? I say, well, pick a number. They'd say a number. I go, wow, you were off by $3.40. Would you let me take care of it? Because all you ever do is give. All you ever do is pour out into people. Sure. So it might take four calls. Maybe nobody even asked me if they, how I was doing at the end of the call. Not my problem. His problem. I go to caller number five, and it might be an hour and a half. And if they would ask me, how are things going? I go, things are interesting. Now, keep in mind the premise of what I was coaching is money runs away from need. I could not let anybody smell smoke or need while I was going through my fire. So all they could tell is that I was still a man of vision, a man of purpose, and a man of passion that called to help them. Because I literally did not call them for any agenda other than to fulfill my commitment to call the five faces that God gave me that day. For four years, there were times where I had mansions for 13 months to live in for my family. There were times we had forced hotels for paid by hotel reward points of a complete stranger who heard of my story, who lived in Michigan, who I've still to this day never met, adjoining suites. Whatever you believe determines what you can receive. I would be leaving one hotel and going, okay, you know, I was online today and this is brand new uh, place. It's got you know, suites. I'm going to start driving in that direction. I drive in that direction. I'd get a phone call. Somebody's calling up. What's happening, man? Uh, we're all moving. Where are you moving to? I tell them. They go, I didn't think you had any money coming in. Not my problem. They go, well, what are you talking about? 
They go, well, where are you going? And they say, well, what do you need to get in there to stay there? I said, I'm going to need a credit card for deposit. Oh, my God, would you let me do that? But you notice I never begged. I never borrowed. It was not my, that was not my, all I was supposed to do was operate in faith. You know, and there's, I spell faith, R-I-S-K. What the heck do you need faith for if you don't take any risk? Right? So without risk, there is no faith. And there's actually a scripture, and it says, uh, it is impossible to please God without faith. Well, in my, my way of thinking, that means it's impossible to please him without risk. So being the risk taker that I was, I'm an entrepreneur from day one. I was born an entrepreneur, you know. Probably had seven seven jobs at age three or something. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's an extreme exaggeration, but not too far off, probably. But the the point was is that entrepreneurs are risk takers, and that's pleasing. I think God was quite an entrepreneur. He took a risk and created us. And look at the chaos he's watching. You know, I mean, it's it's mayhem. But the point is is that. The resources that we need are there, uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give you this, and I'll shut up because I'm already tired of hearing myself. But at a at a recent CEO uh, event that we put on, you know, I run these masterminds, and we've had the pleasure of Hugh at a couple of them, and we're looking forward to having him again in another week. And uh, somebody at the end said, "Well, why do you network so much?" Well, here's here's a really interesting point to all the people that needing resources that are sitting on their couch thinking that the universe is going to send them a check. It doesn't work that way. Everything flows through relationship, right? So I said, well, for 12 years, I do at least one one-on-one every day. They usually go two hours because I go deep. I do one to three events every day. And the reason for doing it is so that I have a more expansive contact grid full of trusted relationships. That means with more people that trust me, the more people I can help that they're, they're stuck having to trust me because they don't know where else to turn sometimes. And you cross their path and you're going, oh, you just need to know so-and-so. They'll change your life. You know, critical. So anyways, I said, so I do this so that I can, you know, get to my future. So I said to everybody, I said, what if everything you need for your future is coming from your future? If it was coming from your past, or if it was coming from your present, wouldn't you already be in your future? Everyone in the room, raise your hands now if you're in your future. Nobody. So if you don't want to network, don't look for God to help you. Don't look for anyone else to help you because they don't know who you are. <laughs> now, when you go networking, don't network for you. Go to every event to find the one person you can help the most and not with your product or your business opportunity. Just go to find the person you can help the most. You will never have a bad event. That is brilliant. It's counterintuitive. Have you familiar counterintuitive. You familiar with the uh, quote that your net worth is your network? Yeah, I have a chapter called Networks Equal Net Worth in my new book, Stealth Wealth. I knew that. Not really. Um, <laughs> the um, <laughs> the uh, scripture you referred to is in the Jewish Bible, Hebrews 11. In the sixth, mm -hmm. and without faith, it's impossible to please God because yep. anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. And um, you're right, if, if you see things, 
you don't need faith. So there's, there's always a risk. And when, when you're talking about raising money to go to uh, the event where you and I met, CEO Space, um, right. people would say, oh, you're taking a risk. Well, um, no, I'm giving myself opportunity. So it's, it's uh, entrepreneurs do live in the future because we're visionaries. What we're lacking is the, the substantive things that you're teaching us on money works because there's, there's eyes and ears, <laughs> as I accidentally got into today. Um, so um, um, the people listening are very quiet. Um, they're probably taking notes. So I don't have any questions on Facebook. Uh, there's, there's a number of participants there. But um, we will have this on a, uh, on a page on our site that people can have dialogue there. We will also launch, this is in the, um, the Nonprofit Exchange podcast. So Russ, as we're wrapping in the last part of our interview, do you want to make another comment or do you want to have another? That was a good question you had before. Do you have another question for our guest? Well, you know, I, yeah, I, I believe the silence is just really out of the, the, the breadth and depth and the message and the weight that it has. And I, trust me, people are thinking the wheels are turning. I took a lot of notes. And so people, now I myself have gone out and, and invested a lot in my own personal development. Some of it worked, some of it didn't work. I've made some pretty fear-based decisions and decided I was going to become an e-commerce tycoon to the tune of many dollars. And uh, so that didn't work. But you know, when you back yeah. all, you raise your level of consciousness and, and uh, that transparency is really important. Important. And so the message that I think people should take away is that you really have to be transparent about where you are, because if you're not uh, going to acknowledge that you are where you are, you can't, you can't solve a problem that doesn't exist. And so sure. that's, that's really important. And uh, to ask questions about your relationships with money. Uh, and it's tough for people, especially in nonprofit sectors. A lot of people are, they serve, they want to be a service. They have difficulty asking for money. Um, what do you think will be the thing that, that can really help people make that shift from uh, actually when they walk in feeling needy to saying, I've got something that I'm doing of value that can help other people. Uh, how do they? How do they make that shift so that they 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 start that conversation from the place people need me uh, and I'm doing something of value? I'm looking for partners and teachers, not somebody to give me a handout, but a hand up. How do how do they make that shift? Well, the first thing is they have to be looking. It's like when I'm coaching, I'll, I'll ask somebody, what will you permit yourself to achieve, receive, and build in X number of years? Mm -hmm. Well, until that's tangible on the inside, you're never going to be able to communicate it on the outside in a way where it feels tangible to the person you're talking. So you've got to walk in there, and you're already thinking about the end user being blessed by your service or your product. Mm -hmm. And if you're not envisioning that, you're going to fall back into thinking, oh, man, I'm asked for money. But I remind you that what I just taught, you're not even asking them. You're going, who do you know that might support? 
Now, another thing is too, it's, it's how you refer to the money. If, if I say, well, where we are, we're, we're 10 K shy of the first phase of development for our project. <laughs> and I need $10,000. <laughs> Number one, you never say the word dollars unless you're talking about savings. Number two, you just convinced the person that has the money, he ain't ever going to get it because to you, that's a lot of money and you've never had it go through your hands. So you probably can't be trusted with it in your hands. So it's a matter, are you talking from a position of confidence? Do you believe that you're going to do what you said you're going to do with the money? Do you believe others are going to benefit from your doing what you say to this person that's investing? And if you see all that as reality, they will, they will pick up on your reality. But it has to be real to you or it'll never be real to anybody else. Because that need transfers. And as I said in the beginning, not even God is out there going, oh, my God, look at all the hungry people. But the person that's hungry that goes, I know you're going to feed my family tonight, gets fed. Thank you in advance for that meal that's coming at the front door in 30 minutes. Faith needs a target. So if faith needs a target, what's your target? You do this exercise I just give you. You say, I am going to talk to 10 people in the next three days. I guarantee you, you'll have $10,000 in the next three days. You say, I don't know if I can talk to 10 people. You probably won't talk to one person, and I can guarantee you, you won't have 10K in the next three days. So I've, got you know, it's some, like, <laughs> I've got four really good Instagram quotes of yours that I'm going to be oh. good. With, with, what good stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. I can't wait for that. Um, we have a couple of questions on the webinar. Um, Nick, where did I lose it? Okay. Nick says, uh, can you relate to me the difference between faith, consciousness, senses, and hints or gut feelings? Well, faith is substance. None of the others is. So now that would mean this gentleman might want to have a longer conversation with you or me or with Russell because uh, hope is not substantive. Okay. It's just kind of like, uh, I hope tomorrow's going to be a better day. Now for me, when I knew that I didn't have a roof over my head tomorrow, I would go, thank you. I know I've got a roof over my house, over my family tomorrow. And you know what? The next day I did have a roof over my family the next day. That's faith because I believed it was already done. I believed all I had to do was ask. I believed it was going to materialize. Hope, consciousness, and all the rest is fluff by comparison. Your consciousness will de destroy your faith or increase your faith. So, you know, consciousness plays in, but faith is, is a substantive thing. It's an active thing. If you say, I have faith um, that this will happen one day, you'll be waiting a long, long time because faith needs to know what day you believe it'll happen because that's substance. So for me, everything that I attach to a desired outcome, I put a, a quantitative measurement to it, X number of dollars. I even envisioned the kind of house or the hotel or whatever it was that I needed. Well, we had cars that were given to us, Lincolns and Mercury, you know, Lincolns and 
uh, Mercedes, all kinds of Cadillacs, the villain member one time. Uh, but I got up and I said, I am expecting tomorrow a car that can see the family of five. I didn't get up and say, I am expecting tomorrow a two-seater Ford uh, Ranger. Because all I would have gotten would have been a two-seater Ford Ranger. Because my faith is so, so true to what the reality is that it's tied to, that that's what it will manifest. If you don't have a target that's specific, you need a date and you need an amount. You don't have that. All you're doing is wishing in the wind. Don, if people want to get a hold of you, is there somewhere they can find you? Sure. Uh, we can give them – I'll give a personal email if you want. I'll put it in the, I'll put it in the notes here. Okay. D.L. Ward. D.L.W.A.R.D. 153. 153. At Gmail. I know at Gmail. D.L. Ward, 153gmail.com. You have friends on the call that um, you might know, Nick, Karen, Flo from Denver, Lynn, Clyde, Kathy, Matt from San Diego. We have uh, okay. people on the, uh, on the Facebook that have come by and they've hung in the whole time here. So you've, that's rare that the people hang in there for the whole time. So Don, as we, as we, um, Nick says, thanks so much. Uh, don't know if he's in the country oh. he's been over in, uh, in Asia, I believe. Um, so, wow. uh, or the Middle East, I think you, you were Nick. Um, so as we're wrapping up here, Don, um, want you to think of, um, a closing thought, um, or a tip that you want to leave, leave people with. I want to make sure that I mention, uh, one of our sponsors today, um, our ongoing sponsor is the uh, United Methodist Church UMC Cyber Campus. It's online learning for Christian leaders, UMC Cyber, C-Y-B-E-R campus.com. It is state-of-the-art learning for those who are in Christian leadership positions. How do you stay ahead of the game? You work on yourself. You mentioned Jim Rohn earlier. Um, you work on yourself harder then you work on your organization, your business, your charity, your church, your synagogue. So UMC Cyber Campus is a sponsor of Center Vision Leadership Foundation, and we encourage you to go there. And you can even find Center Vision's leadership programs offered there. And um, United Methodist Clergy get continuing education credits. So we're, we're wrapping up this podcast, Don, and... Um, want to give you the last shot what's a parting wish thought um tip that you have for people you are led by mentors or you are driven by tormentors and a tormentor is a need a need to be right a need to be seen need to be loved need to succeed and it will drive you and a mentor is just somebody who's on the road and they're down the road. But if a mentor comes to you, number one, if a mentor pursues you, run, they have an agenda for you. But a mentor that says that they've arrived, you have found a fool. So it is your job to pursue the mentor, and I'll end with this. Pursuit is the evidence of desire. Desire, Greek, means of the father. Oh, 
What fathers could there possibly be? Father of life, father of lies. How can you tell the difference of who's pursuing you? The one that has the pursuit, the desire on their heart placed by the father of lies is coming after you for what you have earned. Influence, access, resources. If they're coming after you for what they learned, what if that's the father of life put that desire in your heart? And I desire that you pursue more mentors and you decide to help them, let them help you to get rid of all the tormentors. It's an wow. honor to be here and to share. Wow. That is an, wow. That's, that's very sobering. And as, as coaches, mentors, uh, uh, sequence providers, Russell and I can't sell what we do, which is, you just affirm that we don't chase people. If they come to us and understand they have a need and know that we can fill it, um, that's a whole different paradigm. Don, you've given us a lot to say grace over today, a lot to think about. And um, when we started, you said you had 30 minutes of content. Well, we've pretty much stretched the hour. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> and, and content that, isn't the issue. I just want to make sure people are content. Well, absolutely. And, and we could talk all day and not run out of content with Don Ward. And I will be with you at your CEO clubs in Central Florida. If people Yay. are running a charity or business, they should contact Don at the email that you gave us, uh, dlward153 at gmail.com, and ask him if you qualify. Those are closed groups by invitation. And um, Nick's in Canada. He said, thanks so much. Um, it's a closed group and they're matched by you know what they're doing and what size organizations and there's some parameters so don would uh, i suppose there's some openings in groups so people can at least request sure. to be on a waiting list if there's not and um every time yeah. i've been to a group it's been an amazing group of individuals so if you're in the Orlando, florida area don ward is a champion that um i suggest you reach out and connect with um, blessings to you, Don. You've uh, given us a lot of insights. Russ, thanks again for being in the seat with me and sharing uh, sharing these interviews. Yes, it's hey, been a pleasure. I was honored, Russell. Don, uh, it's a pleasure to know you. One last thing, uh, Stumpwell, the book, because this is a book I think people need to read. I'm certainly going to read it. When's that available? I am shooting to have it by December 1st right now. I've got I've got two other books. They're all written, and they were just waiting for the appropriate time. And when I'm coaching, I'll say I'll send you a copy of a chapter, and then they go, "Man, I need the rest of this." And I go, "That must be the indicator. It's time to get this thing out." So it'll be fun. But I'm happy to share it. Everything I got is on loan to me, so you know nothing new under the sun. But I think it's it's kind of revelatory. It's counterintuitive. So those listening to the podcast, it could be many years hence. We're we're in uh, we're we're approaching the fall, actually in the fall of 2017. So if you're listening to this in the future, uh, we will post um, we will post where this book is. Don, thank you for sharing your wisdom with uh, great leaders everywhere today. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>